Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Derwin So and this is my thought for the day. Today I'd like to share with you a story that's taken from 1 Kings chapter 17. Uh, this is a story about Elijah the prophet and uh, our story really begins in verse 8 but we will start from the beginning of chapter 17 so that we can uh, get some background as to what this story is about. right? And so in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah had just met Ahab, the king of Israel, and told Ahab that as long as Yahweh lives, there shall be no dew and no rain in Israel except at his word. So Elijah had just proclaimed a drought, an indefinite drought over the land of Israel. Uh, and understandably, everyone is upset, including Ahab, especially the king of Israel, Ahab, right? And so Yahweh now has to not only find a way to sustain Elijah, but also to protect and to hide him. So, so Yahweh's first plan, right, plan A, was to bring him to a brook, the brook Cherith. Uh, and there, Elijah can drink from the brook and also feed from the ravens. So the ravens would, would bring Elijah food, right? So in verse 5, it says, Elijah went and did according to the word of Yahweh, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Which I never noticed until now that, that the ravens actually didn't bring him any vegetables to eat. So it's kind of understandable that he was upset because he had no salads, you know. Uh, so in verse 7, after this season of being fed by the ravens and drinking from the brook, it happened that after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And now Yahweh has to think of another way. Yahweh has to think of another way. To, to provide for Elijah, right? And so this is where our story begins in verse 8. So this is plan B, or not plan B, the next phase of Yahweh's plan for Elijah during the drought. So in verse 8 of 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, Then the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, 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 and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So it's very important we note here that, that Yahweh tells Elijah that he has commanded a widow there to provide for Elijah. So Elijah arose, in verse 10, Elijah arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. Praise the Lord. It's, it's come to pass, right? And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As Yahweh your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Yahweh God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day Yahweh sends rain on the earth. So he went away, she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of Yahweh which he spoke by Elijah. So, so happy, so I mean, the, the widow must have been so thankful to have met Elijah, right? She didn't have to die, neither did her son have to die. 
right? So you know this story. This story may be may be familiar to many of us, um, and it's a, it's a miracle that's very um, commonly known, right? But here here there is uh, there are some interesting parts about the story which I would like to point out, or which the main thing that I want to point out from this story is this. It has always troubled me. I never understood why Elijah would do this, which is in verse thirteen, when Elijah has heard that the widow is about to make a cake for herself. Uh, and they're going to eat it. They're, it's going to be their last supper, their last meal, and they're going to die. Elijah tells tells her, okay, that's fine. Go and do what you've said, which I think is really funny. Okay, if you, you need to die, that's fine. He's basically saying, but but um, go and do what you've said. Before that, make a cake for me first. So my question is, why did Elijah had to make uh, ask her to make a cake for him first? And this is really the central question by which we're going we're gonna, to um, explore this story because I think he, what he asked her to do was one of the most phenomenal things that anyone could ask anyone. You know, he said, make me a cake, make me a small cake from it first, right? What does it mean? Why did he do that? So to, to kind of answer that question uh, in, in the extent to which I know how to or the way that Yahweh has taught me, right? Let's go back to, to the fact that Yahweh com- commanded a widow there to provide for, for him. So Yahweh had commanded a widow to provide for Elijah, and when Elijah comes to the town and sees that and sees a widow, but the widow has nothing to offer him, Elijah doesn't back off and go, okay, maybe this is not the right widow. Maybe there is another widow, right? Which means that when Elijah saw her, Elijah not only saw um, her as the widow, but saw the provision of Yahweh inside her that was going to provide for for her herself, her family, and for him as well throughout the entire drought. Because she, he saw the commandment of Yahweh that was sitting inside her, her, her scroll, if you call, you want to call it that, right? So, what does so Elijah sees this, and Elijah doesn't back off and go, this is not the lady. Elijah, go, Elijah looks at her and goes, this is the widow, and I, I know this is the widow. So, if knowing this, right, and that Elijah managed to see the provision that was inside her, even though she cannot see it, you know, she cannot see um, that there's provision inside her because she is prepared to die. She, there's, not, there's no circumstance around her that tells her that she has any sort of provision whatsoever that God was going to provide any small way whatsoever she was at the end of her wits or at her at wits end, right? So here, Elijah, but Elijah sees something different. And I think this is the first thing that, that is kind of helpful for us, which is, which is what, what is the provision that lives inside us that we don't see? Because here in, in this widow, there is provision for the drought that was declared to to um, Israel, right? That that everyone else in the land of Israel was suffering, including her. And yet inside her, there was provision that, that she couldn't see and that no one saw but Elijah saw because of the word of Yahweh. So maybe this is kind of a great topic to come into for 2023, right? We, I'm not that we abide by the season of, season of the years, but but sometimes there are droughts. Sometimes there are there are circumstantial difficulties that have that have uh that are that we go through. Right, they have kind of um, uh, imposed themselves on us. But is there provision inside us that that uh, causes us to supersede the 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 drought and rise above the situation and and make it such that the drought has no impact on us? Just like the drought had no impact on this lady, her son, and Elijah. Right? What is the provision that we cannot see? But Elijah saw in her. So Elijah sees this provision in her. The provision. To, to have so much supply, to have, to have infinite supply um, during the time of, 
of, of drought, right? And this supply will not end until the drought is over. So Elijah sees it. But the issue now is that Elijah has to get it out of her, right? It's locked up inside her. Elijah has to unlock the provision that is sitting inside her. So once we have, we, we have to ask Yahweh, what is the provision we cannot see? And when we can see it, when Yahweh begins to show us the provision that sits inside us, how do we unlock this provision? What do we do to unlock this provision? And Elijah's solution is this. Elijah's amazing solution is make me, okay, before you do all these things, before you make a cake and decide to die, right? Why not make me a cake first? This is Elijah's solution. Why is this, solu why is this a solution? Why is this important? And here is where what I think Elijah did was really, really brilliant, right? What Elijah did here, and when he asked her to bake her cake, right, is that he set up a trading floor for her to give on. By setting up this trading floor and by her giving on this trading floor, she would unlock the provision that is sitting inside her, the provision to overcome the drought. And this was not just any trading floor that he set up. It was a trading floor that he set up so that she could function in the command that Yahweh had commanded her to be. That she could have an image or she be, could become an image of the commandment that, that Yahweh had already put inside her. So you see, Yahweh has commanded her to provide for him all the days of, of the drought, right? So Elijah tells her to provide for him now with whatever little that she has so that she could become the image of a provider for her the, that, that Yahweh had commanded to be. And then by doing so, right, the future of who she was going to be would superimpose itself onto her. The future of her being a provider in the midst of a drought would, would, would land itself on her and then it would become her. So she would draw from who she was in the future into her present day today. Remember, give us today our, day, our future bread. Give us today the bread of tomorrow. This is what he did that was really, really amazing. Even though she had nothing and, and only a bit, and she still asked him to bake a cake so that she could become his provider like Yahweh said he, she would become. And so I think here is, here is where it's interesting. Like have have you all ever wondered why Yahweh would sometimes ask us to give something that would cost us? You know, like Yahweh would sometimes ask us to give out of sacrifice. Why would Yahweh give, ask us to give out of sacrifice um, when we don't have to prove anything to him and when he doesn't need anything of our, any anything from us, right? Why would he ask us to give our sacrifice? And the reason why we give our sacrifice sometimes is because when we give our sacrifice, what we are doing is that we are actually living out of a, a supply that's from the future where we where, where whatever we're giving today, our sacrifice, is no longer a sacrifice to give in the future. That means we become more abundant in the future. We tell ourselves that actually one day this will no longer become a sacrifice and then we live out of, of our future day and then our future day begins to superimpose itself onto us. This happened to Abraham. And, and we, let's, let's talk about Abraham a bit because this is really what happened to Abraham. There's the same trading floor that, that was set up for Abraham so that Abraham could function in this way, right? Uh, if, if, you, if you have your, you can, your Bibles, you can turn to to um, Genesis chapter 13, but you can just hear me tell the story. Genesis chapter 13 is another story, famous story where, where Abraham uh, and Lot are at um, have disagreements and they need to separate. So they are now standing uh, in front of the land and Abraham is allowing Lot to choose which land to pick, right? And Lot looks at the land and goes, okay, it, it looks really good um, in, uh, in uh, near where Sodom and Gomorrah is very nice that let, it looks lush and green and all this stuff right and so let me pick that land so Abraham goes no problem go ahead but if you look at verse verse 14 
in, in Genesis chapter um, 13, right? When Lot has separated from them, then Yahweh said to Abraham, or Abram, in in, before he was named Abraham, Abram, right? Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. As if Abraham had not seen um, this land before. <laughs> but, but he was not asking Abraham, Abra uh, let's call him Abraham for now. He was not asking Abraham to, to lift, to see what was in the natural, right? Because he said, lift up your eyes and now and see. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. So in this one situation where after Lot had chosen what was good in the natural, Yahweh told Abraham to lift up his eyes to look into the future and see that, that this land has enough sustenance for his descendants forever. It says, the land I give to you, I give to you and your descendants forever, which means that in that land was sustenance forever. And that land is still sustaining them today. And then he said, I will make your descendants as the dust of the, the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and width, for I give to you. That is, that, have you ever, want, ever wondered why Abraham had to live in the land that even though he, it wasn't his yet, even though he hadn't owned the land, even though he hadn't, he hadn't uh, um, made his house, built his house in the land, but he dwelt in the land with tents, in tents. Not, not in tents, but in, that is the same word. Uh, in, like living in tents, right? So, sounds like intention, you know, that word. But why did Yahweh, why did, why did Abraham live in tents in the land that was supposed to be given to him, but never actually owned the land? What was the purpose of it? Because he was, he was trying to engage the supply of the future by becoming like it, like being a prototype, being an image of what was his future. He walked in the land, throughout the entire land, because, because he knew that one day this land would be, would be for his descendants forever. And he acted out, he lived, he, he had to become an image of his future so that his, his future could, could behold that image and land on, on his present day. He was trying to live out of, out of his future bread. That's why Yahweh told Abraham, Arise, walk in the land through its land at length and width, for I give it to you. And so I guess I guess my, my question today is what, what provision are we not seeing? What pro, what is the provision that lives inside us that actually has as has um supply for everything that we ever need or want? In fact, eternal life lives inside us and eternal life is, is abundant supply at, at the maximum, right? Like what is living inside us that we cannot see? And we, and we have no evidence of, but yet Yahweh has told us that belongs to us. Because when we can see it, when, when just like Moses, or not Moses, sorry, just like Elijah saw the, the provision in, uh, in the widow, and just like Abraham saw the provision in the land, what provision are we not seeing inside us? And, and once we have seen this provision, how can we, what can we do so that we can become the image of who we are going to be when we are living out of this provision? We can find something that we to do so that we can become the, Im the image of the, the provision that is going to become ours in the future. And by doing so, our future will chase after us and become us. So hopefully this message has blessed you and I hope you have a wonderful day.